This is the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast. On this episode, Mike Ferrante joins us to catch up on the status of the real estate market in Cleveland, the dangers of opening schools and making the COVID-19 virus political and more. Okay, let's take a break and talk very briefly about one of our sponsors, Team Mike with Century 21 Realty. I've worked with Mike Ferrante for over 10 years. He's smart and his team is energetic. Mike doesn't show a house, he sells a house with proactive 21st century marketing, such as 3D showings, which during this pandemic is becoming a real game changer in the real estate industry. So if you want to sell your house fast and at the right price, call Team Mike at Century 21 Realty. Okay, back to our show. All right, hi everybody. It's uh, We're starting into August. Seems like a lifetime ago that uh, pre uh, pre virus. So, and with with uh, with us, our favorite realtor and superstar in the real estate market in Cleveland, Mike Ferrante. Hi, Mike. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me again. Uh, all right. So it's August. I think the last time we talked about um, the real estate market on our last podcast, probably about six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, June, and uh, everybody was. Uh, assuming that, uh, you know, we'd get into a lull before a potential second surge, but uh, that not, is not the way it's going. Um, people start realizing that's probably we're in for our, a long haul uh, for the rest of the year. So given that record low interest rate, so give me the status of, uh, or the temperature of the real estate market in Cleveland, Mike. Well, it is still en fuego. Uh, if you're, especially if you're a seller, the, expectation that some people had for the market dipping just hasn't happened. And that's kind of what I thought. I thought it would stay strong and it has largely driven by buyer demand, shortage of inventory and historic low interest rates. When you mesh all that together, even with COVID going on, you've got a crazy market where sellers are in charge, multiple offers, home selling in a day, a week, and uh, it's more of the same. Plus, I think with um, the stock market being in transition and low interest rates, um, there are a lot more a lot more investors are flying around looking for uh, looking for deals, right? Yeah, yeah. We talk about investors a lot on your podcast here, and those folks are still coming in droves. The and it's I think partially what you said. Where else can they put their money and make this kind of return? You know, Cleveland in the Cleveland market, it's not uncommon to make uh, eight to twelve percent ROI on a real estate investment. Um, you know, not yeah. all. You know, depending on the area, of course. But because the investors continue to gobble up a lot of these lower end homes, it's eating up the inventory for the owner occupants. And so they're forced to go higher and higher on their prices. Um, what has been the sentiment of uh, people now um, with the virus? Uh, are you getting more and more people looking to live in a house as opposed to live in a condo, an apartment, rent? Yeah. And I think we've mentioned this before too, but we're seeing an influx of buyers from big cities. We're seeing people moving out of condo complexes where everyone's on top of each other and they want the you know home, the single family home with some room. They want the in-law suite. You know, They want to get their uh, parents out of the condos, out of the places where they're living on top of, of people. So the additional living suite is becoming a thing again. You know, they, that's a desirable feature. So absolutely, the single family home with a little bit of land is cool again. Right. Well, and also I would think you're, uh, you're looking at um, people that are working from home. So they're gonna want uh, an office 
someplace. Exactly. So, you know, we were, I just had a conversation with an investor today, a guy who's rehabbing a house and he's going to gut it down to the studs. And in the configuration done by the architect, they specifically included a home workspace uh, yeah. in addition to the office. So you've yeah. got an office on the first floor and on the second floor, you've got a home workspace because at least for the foreseeable, foreseeable future, the kids are going to be doing school at home. Right. Yeah. And you know what, that, that whole, um, that whole, uh, the kids going back to school. I, I saw a picture, uh, the other yesterday, uh, about a, uh, school in Atlanta area. Uh, and the kids were all packed into the hallways. They had no masks on and wow, a, a kid took a picture of that scene. And, uh, you know, it, the, the picture went viral and he, and guess who got suspect suspended? The kid uh, did? The kid did. You're kidding me. Yeah, the kid did. I mean, what's he? Not, not the people that were walking around without a mask. And uh, <laughs> it's just amazing. That's so, insane. And, you know, all that tells, uh, all that should inform people listening is the more the virus becomes a political uh, tug of war, the longer it's going to last. It's real simple. And the, and the, the more the economy is just going to be in a depressed state because uh, we're not getting on top of it. Um, we're making it, we're, we're making it political, which is just absurd. Like, so, I just got to tell you that that story shocks me. As you were telling me the story, I'm thinking that kid's a hero. You know, he, yeah. he's the, he's He's saving lives because he's, he's letting people know that they're not these, these, um, administration is not doing what they're supposed to be doing. He's saving lives. And then when you told me how that story ended, I, I'm flabbergasted by, by that. Yeah, yeah. Well, same thing could be said about Fauci. You know, he's they're they're getting death threats on his family. Um, well, same thing happened to uh, Dr. Acton in Ohio. Yeah, Amy Acton. So, but it what it does is it again it gets back to the virus is going to be around. It's we're not doing serious national mitigation, which means the economy is going to be depressed. Investment in real estate is going to remain strong as a result of that, and uh, people are going to want to own a house and it's cheaper to own a house than rent, right? Yeah. Uh, on a monthly cost basis, it's cheaper to own than to rent right now. Well, let me just give you an example. You run your, get your calculator hummed up here, Mike. And we've got a, um, we just picked up a house. Um, our company just did uh, from a guy who um, we've been managing this property for 10 years. Um, and, uh, I think you're familiar with that house on Fenley in Cleveland Heights. Uh, you sold a property, a couple of houses up that just lasted one day. Well, here's a guy who got underwater in 09, bought the house in 06, was married, went through a divorce, got relocated, couldn't afford to write a check to make up the difference of what he owed. And now fast forward 11, 12 years later, after going through uh, rental and, and getting about 1100 to 1200 a month, which was barely making his, uh, his mortgage and tax payment. And then on top of that, the guy had to continually write checks for maintenance, uh, new sewer line, new roof. I mean, it was just, I mean, to him, he, he couldn't wait to get out of this house. Um, and for investors out there, uh, that is who you're looking to buy from. You're looking to uh, go in and buy a house that is owned by somebody who's been forced to rent. And maybe you can pick it up. You can make them an offer for what they owe now and they would jump at it. 
just to get out. And that's exactly what this guy did. He could not wait to get rid of this house. It was a ball and chain around him. It was a metaphor for his failed marriage. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I had a name for those people, Mike. I, I called them reluctant landlords. They oh, couldn't sell, so they had to rent. Reluctant landlords were everywhere. And then you had the other type of landlords, which is called the walkaway landlords, where they stopped paying on their uh, mortgage. And they just kept collecting money, and they kept they didn't pay the property taxes. They, they just let it fail. And meanwhile, they're just collecting rents from some unsuspected uh, tenant. And then all of a sudden, the bottom falls out, goes through foreclosure, and there's, uh, there's that poor... Um, tenant in there who didn't know what hit him. Yeah. Uh, that's another phenomenon of the uh, post crash in, you know, in 08. But okay, you've got your calculator hum humming. I'm now ready. our our current tenant is um, paying $1,275. Now the house, if we sell it to the tenant for $125,000, um, what would be their monthly payment on a 30-year loan? How much would they have to put down and what would be their ballpark monthly payment. So let's say they're doing FHA, three and a half percent down. I'm using 3% as the interest rate, which I've, I just heard someone today getting a 2.75, 2.65. So 3%, that's if it goes up a little bit. Mortgage amount, let's just call it 118,000. Principal and interest, $497. Wow. So you add on taxes and insurance to that, you know, so let's say, you know, taxes are probably three, 350. Insurance is probably, you know, 75 a month. So that's uh, eight, that's under $900 for wow. a mortgage payment with taxes, interest, you know, principal and interest. Okay. And 3% of uh, 125,000 is how much? Oh, I just did, uh, I did 7,000. The actual amount is, uh, actually the mortgage amount would be a tad higher. Uh, 43.75 is that down payment. So, so FHA, wow. 43.75 down. And let's say they had to borrow um, 120. Yeah. So the payment goes up uh, to 506. But so, so you're still under $900 to own wow. that house. Yeah, so they're paying 370. They, they could pay, yeah. So they're, they're, their uh, rent payment will go down. Now you still have to allocate for repairs. Um, well, yeah, that's the key. When you're the homeowner, those risks fall on you. Uh, right. You know, the furnace goes out, the, the roof leaks. Uh, right. You know, it, you're not calling a landlord anymore, uh, but now it's yours. You know, you're, and, right. and there was a study done about the correlation between homeownership and wealth. And, you know, it's not just about the equity that you develop in your house but it's also the mindset, you know, when you yeah. own your home, people have a different mindset. And so that's what they believe the correlation is, you know, or, or why there's a correlation between home ownership and, and wealth. Yeah. And then wealth's going to happen as long as it's grounded in basic economics and reality, as opposed to the bubble we saw in, uh, you know, 06, 07, that was, yeah. that led up to the crash. Well, because, like you said, you, you talked about people using their homes as ATM machines. You know, yeah. if, if you're irresponsible, if you're an irresponsible homeowner who, who just keeps ref, refinancing and taking cash out, removing your equity, well, that's not how you build wealth either. Right. And, you know, I think one thing that's going to help the, um, the housing market is going to be the fact that um, people are not using their homes as ATMs. Um, to finance colleges, finance some trip to Vegas, finance this, finance that. People are not spending money. They're saving money. 
They're socking it away. They're paying off their, their credit cards. I mean, I've read story after story in the last month as economists are, are just looking in at awe of the fact that people are not using their credit cards to survive. They're using, they're actually paying down their credit cards. I mean, those people that are still working. Now, I'll be interested to see what plays out in the next uh, couple of weeks with the, uh, you know, the next round of stimulus, um, you know, to keep the economy going. But for now, people are, this has been a major wake-up call. I think it's going to impact um, higher education in the college market, especially. College and travel and leisure are going to are never going to be the same after this because people are going to really ask themselves, wow, I just spent a year off and uh, I don't have $50,000 in debt. Yeah. Okay. And I'm, I'm, you know what, and I'm doing fine. Um, and they're going to question whether online learning, whether they can get the same thing as online learning as, a pay, as opposed to sending their kids to some high price university where all the kid does is party. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I mean, That's really. That's a great point. So um, there's a lot of subtle, not so subtle changes that are coming. Um, but it's still, you still have to make the right buy in the right area. What do you see or sense um, is an ascending neighborhoods in uh, Cleveland, Mike, where an investor might want to buy or a first homeowner might want to buy? Well, I'm still a fan of all the inner ring suburbs. You know, that's everything from... Lakewood, although you're starting to get priced out of Lakewood, uh, to Parma on the west side, and then east side, all those inner ring suburbs from Garfield, Maple, Bedford, Lindhurst, Cleveland Heights, South Euclid. Um, you, you know, I, I love all those inner ring suburbs because they did take quite a hit during the recession, but I knew they would bounce back. Everyone figured that they went, would, and, and I think that's where the value is for investors still. Um, you know, as you start getting out in the suburbs, further, it's harder to make the numbers make sense, both for a buy and hold, you know, your rental numbers right. just don't warrant the higher prices. And it's, you know, and it's harder to find flips nowadays, too. So if you've got anybody listening, who's a fix and flip type investor, you can still find them, but they're getting harder and harder to locate these great deals that have the margin to do a flip. Well, and also getting back to the whole college aspect, um, you're getting the whole change in um, how colleges are teaching them. We just got a request from uh, four, um, four people who are going to Case. Uh, two of them are interns, two are in grad school, and Case isn't doing student housing. They got to find a place. So all of a sudden, you've got you know Notre Dame College, you've got John Carroll University, you got Case, you got Cleveland State. You know what? those, especially with case where people were living on campus, now they're looking for places to live off campus. So, you know, you get an area, my, my favorite uh, area that I've been banging the drum on is Forest Hill. Um, you know, Brooke just bought that house on Wyatt, that Rockefeller mansion. I mean, he went from that small house on Kingston to a mansion. Um, have you seen the inside of the Wyatt house? Uh, no, I've not seen the inside yet, but I know the neighborhood. And when you say mansion, that there's a reason they call them Rockefeller mansions. Yeah. I mean, he's going to a four bedroom, three and a half bath with a den, center hall. I mean, it's just uh, just night and day. Uh, Drive-in, underground, garage. So yeah, he's just uh, kicking himself. And I think you start publicizing. I mean, Forest Hill could be the next, uh, the next Ohio City, the next uh, Tremont. Uh, the next, and you know, and then you got to wonder what's going to happen with Ohio City. 
and living downtown with the virus. What's your thoughts on that? I, I think Ohio City and Tremont are well enough established that they're not going to collapse. And there's still enough new construction going on in those neighborhoods that I think those neighborhoods are still viable. Uh, you know, I was just looking at sales today. I've got another investor who bought a house that, that he's going to renovate to, you know, like new construction levels. And can you believe new construction in that Ohio City Tremont area is up to about 220 to $230 a square foot, which for those of you who don't know what the Cleveland market bears, like that's the same kind of numbers we're seeing in the high end suburbs like Pepper Pike and Orange and Beachwood. Yeah. And yeah. even the old houses that are renovated to new construction levels are selling for, you know, 160 to 190s per square foot. Right. Which is just unheard of. Right. Right. Exactly. So. So I know your point was, you know, those those areas where people are living closer together, are they going to take a hit? Um, I think Ohio City and Tremont are, yeah, they're they're pretty close together, but it's not like living in a condo complex where you know you're sharing a fitness center and really, really on top of each other. Um, those areas don't seem to be suffering just yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, this virus is going to be around, but it's not going to be around forever. And I think um, you, you've got the whole life science health industry, which Cleveland is way up there. Um, I mean, that's going to just add another layer of uh, attractiveness to Cleveland as a, you know, as a place to live and invest in. Um, and then, of course, you know, when you can work remote, um, you know, I mean, why live in New York? Well, you know, the restaurant scene's closed down, you're living on top of each other, maybe it's time to think about relocating back to your hometown. I'm seeing that a lot of people coming back to where they grew up, um, to Cleveland, coming back yeah. from New York, Chicago. Well, even Florida. I, I have family members who moved to Florida 30 years ago, and they're up in years now, and they're talking about moving back to Ohio. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Okay, well, that's, uh, I think that's, let's wrap this up. Um, so the temperature, uh, at least for the real estate market, is still hot. Um, sizzling hot. Sizzling hot. In fuego. All right. Yes. Okay. One, one quick comment. Uh, during that section where we were talking about uh, colleges and, and, you know, parents may be questioning sending their kids off where they're just going to party anyway, I want to just comment that Amari was suspiciously silent during that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that, that's 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 why i didn't go okay. <laughs> just because i already i already knew what, what time it was with me so <laughs> save, right. save myself a debt well amari are you watching uh the travels of brooke as a homeowner are you kind of a fly in the wall looking with some interest you know i i yeah actually um i am and uh, i might actually pick his brain a little bit more just on his his experience and yeah, just, just talk to him a little bit more about that. It's a little inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you think about what you're paying now in rent versus what you would pay to own, I mean, right now it's pretty comparable for your own house. So, right. yeah. So, yeah. just got to study up a little bit more on the process. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, Mike. Well, we'll, uh, I guess we'll get the, we'll get the, uh, the next reading after Labor Day as the election heats up and see if there's uh, any, you know, um, updates on the second round of stimulus. So until then, everybody wear your mask, wash your hands, keep your social distance. We'll talk later. Bye now. All right. Thanks guys.
Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast. Find more episodes at www.riley-properties.com or find us on your favorite streaming services like SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more.